This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to your latest instalment of the world's best construction podcast. I'm your host, Fred Mills, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all, mate. Um, at the moment, we are dog-sitting, and we've been dog-sitting a lot lately because we've signed up to an app called Rover. Do you know what Rover is? Oh, it's a great name for a dog-sitting app. It's what a name. Yeah. It's a dog. It's basically Airbnb, but for doggos. And so we've been looking after some dogs. So if you hear a dog barking, it is we are looking after little baby Freud at the moment. Yeah. And his parents are from Turkey and he's from Turkey and he don't listen to any commands in English. He doesn't know what you're saying. So we're having to constantly <laughs> Google translate Turkish expressions like sit. Good boy, <laughs> poor in Turkish. So, anyway, how are you, Fred? You're right, you're right, mate. Yeah, I'm not. Too, I, what, what is sitting in Turkish? You got to give us a bit of a flavour for that. One, I don't know. I keep forgetting it. It's really, it's really difficult. I'll tell you that. It's really, really <laughs> difficult to remember everything. So, yeah, I'm maybe all good. I'm all good. Yeah. Lots, lots going on, but the uh, so I've, I've, I've sort of moved on from your dog story into my talk oh, about no, myself. I don't, I, no, no, I don't blame you, mate. Move on, move on, go yeah, on. I've done enough of that. Um, mm. Just my big, big shout out to anyone that's tuning back in after the now infamous Prince Albert episode. Thank you for coming back to this podcast for more. I'm not sure we can promise you more this week, but anyway, yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said to me, "What you should do is let's set up a set up a challenge. If your podcast gets to number one in the US podcast charts, not not like the design charts or the construction charts, but the number one podcast in the oh. US, you should go on YouTube and get a Prince Albert piercing." And you know what? I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, and I was like, "Us getting to number one in the US charts is so unbelievably unlikely that." We should just do it anyway, because probably get loads of listeners, but we'd never actually get to number one. So yeah. I'd get loads of listeners, but not have to have my Prince Albert piercing installed. All right. What? Wow. You're, I feel like it you're... should be all three hosts. I feel like it should be all three hosts, not just me. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, can, Liam? Uh, you good? Yeah, you mate. Good? Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe the chat, this chat's continuing. I can confirm I still have not had another banana since then. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk straight past them in the supermarket. Um, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Pretty, pretty uneventful weekend compared to the last. Um, the most exciting <laughs> thing I did was I bought a pair of Crocs. Croc slides, oh, to be precise. Mate, what, what are you buying them for? Mate, Everyone's they are done. amazing. They are, mate, number one selling shoe worldwide last year. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. It's I true. wore them, to be honest. I wore them and I bought my partner a pair and she's like, they're disgusting. They're, they're so ugly. Mm-hmm. She wears them. Every, mm-hmm. She's worn them every day. I wore them to the physio today and straight away he asked me, he's just like, mate, where'd you get your shoes from? I'm telling you they guys. Love it. Get on it. Yeah, I've got I've got a pair of Greg's Crocs. So you know the Crocs with, uh, <laughs> you know, like the. Do you get that with like a free Greg's sausage roll or something, mate? Do you get yeah, a sausage roll? Get a free pair in, of Crocs. Where I'm in Greg's, I've actually got the Greg's sliders and I've got the Greg's Crocs. Yeah, two very wow. different different things. But that's what happens, mate. When you're part of a high caliber society, you know, you're just gonna. Mate, drop I that tell you what, there. Greg's vegan sausage rolls. Is a, they are they are amazing, yeah. Next yeah, level, they are. 
So's the breakfast bat um, from Starbucks. Sorry, Fred. Oh, I don't know about the vegan one. No, so all, all this healthy food chats. Uh, it's really good, isn't it? Really, really informative. <laughs> the, um, one of my favourite like spoof spoof news things is the Daily Mash. I find the Daily Mash hilarious. But there was one article they did. It said uh, man reaches ten thousandth step on his smartwatch at the doorway to Greg's. <laughs> yes, yes, accurate. Accurate. Made me laugh. I've got Take a couple though. of bits of TBM, TBM related news, if that's okay, that I want to kind mm. of bring in. So first of all, is is kind of an apology and correction for last week's episode because we said that France are getting the majority of that railway, but they aren't paying for much of it. And I've since I've since been enlightened. I've done some more reading. I've had some messages. I've looked into it, and it's actually because uh, France, the bit that's in France, is longer, but it's a far more simpler part of the railway, so it's less expensive to build. Whereas the bit that's in Italy, even though it's shorter, is in Alpine territory and on mountains and hills and requires lots of drilling. So that's why it's Italy are putting more money in than France, but building less railway distance-wise. So I thought it was an important point to, to clarify. Uh, I know, I know, I know. It's important. I, I'm here. I'm, I'm holding my hands up. I'm apologising, <laughs> making it clear. Um, now, the other thing we did is on the P1M, we asked, uh, just for a bit, of, a bit of a laugh over the weekend, we asked, uh, if you had to name a tunnel boring machine, what would you call it? And we got so many fantastic responses. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. So I put the final four best responses into uh, a, a final head-to-head, and I can reveal the placements of that now. So in fourth place, with 15% of the vote, was Doug. Mm, yeah, fifteen fifteen point five percent of the vote was Doug. Uh, in third place, with nineteen percent of the vote, was Bory McBoreface. Mm. Not that original, but quite funny. Um, in where are we now? Third, second place was Al Bore with nineteen point six percent of the vote, but way out front with forty five point nine percent of the vote was Fred Drills, which. I- <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Matthew Philpotts, I think was the guy that put that forward. So shout out, shout out to him. Um, yes, Fred what, Drills. The problem we have now is we don't actually have a TBM. We don't own a TBM. We have no rights to name a TBM. But hey, when that day comes, we know what we're going to call it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, <Sorted>. mate. <laughs> Fred Drills. Brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant way to open up the podcast, mate. Indeed, we're going to be loving on. this. Yeah, <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got some really good stuff to talk about this week. We've got why architects put trees on buildings. A video that came out on the B One M yesterday. Dubai's proposed ninety three kilometer covered cycleway. Tokyo's uh, Heatherwick designed new school. A fantastic new skyscraper in Taipei. And ironically, we're going to finish the whole thing off. Funnily enough with a new skyscraper that's been announced, covered in trees, along with some of your comments from the week. Let's go. So first this week, guys, we're looking at why architects put trees on buildings, a pretty big video, 13-minute video that came out on the B1M yesterday. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for even more than one episode, you will know that lately... There's been a lot of renders coming out from architects putting trees on them. They just renders seem to be filled with trees. Um, in fact, go back over the last decade, it's been a real emerging trend. Green roofs and garden roofs have been around for centuries, but we've basically pinpointed the start of this current trend to a building called Bosco Verticale in Milan, which most of you will probably know. It was completed in 2014, designed by architect Stefano Buere, who is one of the kind of most prominent leaders in vertical forests and this concept of putting trees on buildings. Bosco Verticale consists of two residential towers standing 112 metres tall and 80 metres tall, absolutely covered, I mean dripping in trees and greenery. If you don't know the name of this building, I guarantee you've probably seen it somewhere in some kind of car advert or some mainstream press. It gets everywhere this building because it's very, very beautiful. Have a Google of that, I guarantee you recognise it. That building, completing in 2014, seemed to trigger off this current trend, this explosion of renders uh, featuring trees on them, and indeed, completed developments featuring trees on them, albeit not quite as good-looking as Bosco Verticale. Now, on the flip side of this, there's plenty of people questioning the cost and maintenance that adding trees brings versus the benefits. So in this video, we set out to examine basically 
is it a shallow trick to just boost social media and commercial interest in projects early doors and make them feel sustainable? Or is there genuinely a more noble purpose? Is putting trees on buildings a good thing for our cities? I really enjoyed putting this one together. First, we're going to go through the benefits of adding trees and the challenges of adding trees in a minute. But I want to get some hot takes. What do you guys make of it? I actually think one central park in Sydney's a better looking building, mate. Oh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with it, Luke, but I, I actually, I drive past it all the time and I actually went out for dinner. I keep forgetting about it. I keep forgetting to take photos and sending it to you guys. And I went out for dinner the other night and I was like, oh, wow, it's above me. That building is stunning, man. It's so beautiful. They have this like huge cantilever hanging off the building, which has paneled mirrors that tracks sunlight and directs it down into the mass of the building. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful as well. Don't really think it's got trees on it. It's more like shrubbery rather than trees. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah I need to pull that up just before we get into the video. That It is, yeah, because I, I visited the one in Milan as well a few years ago, and uh, that is stunning as well. But I don't mm. know, the one in I just think that the huge cantilever just is so different, so unique. Um, it just has a whole other level to it. Well, in the uh, in the video, Fred, there was that you you looked at a few different skyscrapers with greenery on it, and I think one of them was a red tower in Singapore. I forget the name of it. It's it's in yeah. Singapore, right? I think it is. Yes, the Oasia Hotel downtown. That, thank you. Yeah, and when you see the greenery like kind of change with the seasons and grow on that i think that is another contender for one of my favorite skyscrapers with shrubbery slash greenery on it i think that's brilliantly executed brilliantly executed tower and it's a bit of color as well i like when colors used and it's not in a um kitsch way it's in a really really nice timeless sort of way do you know what i mean Bosco Verticali, though, oh, mate, I just think... I remember the first time I saw that, and it was, um, I think, that they were building it ahead of the Expo, weren't they? And again, you mentioned that in the video, Expo Milan 2015. And originally, I was meant to go with my dad to to that Expo. And I remember like keeping track of those skyscrapers, thinking, mate, this is like, this is crazy. They're, they're literally putting trees on tall buildings like i've never never seen that before and it's mad when you think like 2015 to me doesn't feel that long ago like do you know what i mean 2015 i'm like oh yeah i was going out with my missus i was going up to birmingham a lot went on like went out a lot and just loads of other force awakens was coming out that year do you know what i mean that's what (laughs) that's what i think of whereas it's you look at the calendar now i'm looking at the time right now 2023 we are are coming up to like 10 years right before we know it it'll be 10 years and it goes to show how like these buildings that were built for milan expo and the idea of this expo in milan has kind of triggered a global trend amongst all big tall buildings in pretty much every major city on the planet with the exception of kind of London London's not really lent in, not really lent into it that hard is it really apart from the walkie-talkie I, I would challenge that a bit because yes Bosco Verticale was is a beautiful building I think when it goes through the seasons you know autumn winter spring summer on that building just looks mm. incredible it is an astonishing feat of architecture and engineering it has triggered a green building trend right so you see there are lots of other buildings around the world now with with trees on that we've spoken about but the, if you think of the volume of buildings around the world that are built every day, it's it's actually not completely widespread. It hasn't become the norm, and I think there's this there's this kind of spectrum, right? So there's 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 a spectrum of tree to greenery to shrubbery, which I think we've kind of established already. <laughs> but there's also the spectrum of com- completed buildings dripping in trees that look really good, and we're going to talk about the benefits and the maintenance and the, some of the you know challenges that go with that in a minute. Mm. Then there's buildings that have been completed that sort of have a bit of greenery, but not what was in the renders. And then there's this huge explosion of people sticking trees on renders and things looking very idyllic and oversaturated and sunny in in a render in yeah. order to achieve a certain thing before a building actually comes to fruition. I think that's the 
that it's kind of triggered this thing where people love to see a tree in a building because it makes the building feel like it's going to be sustainable it's going to be low impact it's going to be softened in the environment of course of course we're going to approve this building it looks fantastic and i think that's that's where the danger zone is because a lot of these projects end up a bit watered down afterwards the renders don't match reality with the exception of some of those projects we've talked about that have come through and been amazing so yeah mm. it's not it has triggered off a trend in rendering. It's not quite triggered off a trend in finished buildings. I actually agree with you. I was just didn't want to like um, come straight out the gate being negative. <laughs> Be <laughs> like, well, it's all a load of tripe. Because uh, we, we have bants about this, like literally week in, week out. It's been like, it's been a theme of the podcast is, oh, look, another project with trees on it and shrubbery on it. And uh, it is it is noticeable. And you notice it even on um, on like Instagram comments and stuff, don't you? Like on B1M, Tomorrow's Build, Instagram, it's everywhere. Like people are picking up on it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you've, you, you we, we cover it um, in the video as well, the actual amount of like materials, concrete and steel and things like that that go into actually reinforcing the balconies to hold up these trees, right? Because I've always thought of it in the back of my mind as a little bit of like greenwashing. I think we've all sort of discussed that on this podcast as well. And then if you – obviously – the video goes into detail explaining the process and things like that and the materials and the um, pros and cons and things. I'm sort of on the, I'm, I sort of see the, the amount of concrete and steel that's being used on this compared to the trees outweighs the positivity of that. If you know what I mean? Cause you're actually producing a lot more materials to then plant trees there. Are they actually countering building back that? Yeah, I think this is this is where it's probably useful for people to lay out both sides of the argument. So, on the on the one side, the benefits of adding trees are are, are numerous, frankly. So, they can help shade and cool structures down. You get some evaporative cooling that goes with having trees around or on your building. That can help to reduce solar gain, which is the amount of um, sunlight coming into your building through windows and generating heat, which is a good thing in winter, not so good in summer. Um, deciduous trees are great for that because you get sunlight coming through in the winter when the leaves are off the trees and you get shading in the summer when the leaves are on the trees that in turn can reduce the amount of mechanical ventilation or air conditioning you need in the building and you don't need to be an expert to realize that that is better for the environment it's also better for your bottom line it generates cost savings particularly if your building is used over an extended period of time as compared to a conventional building um, it also, so more widely, shading and trees in an urban area, across an urban area, can help combat the urban heat island effect. So this is where a city or a built-up area like London becomes much warmer than its surrounding rural areas. So you have this urban heat island, which is what it's called. Um, and that's mainly due to hard material surfaces that absorb and retain heat. So if you think about... Mm. Uh, a city, you've got lots of hard concrete surfaces, lots of black asphalt roofs, all that kind of stuff. All those surfaces retain heat. They release it again in the in the cooler hours, in the evenings. If you don't have much trees or shading going on, you can end up with an urban area that becomes much hotter than its surrounding surrounding rural counties or yeah, rural surrounds. Also proven to have a positive impact on mental health. There are proven studies that show uh, healing and recovery rates for people in hospital are improved if they've got access or they can see trees or parkland outside. And it can also improve biodiversity in cities. So a little stat for you on Bosco Verticale. They now reckon it boasts 1,600 bird and butterfly species. Goodness knows who had the task of counting all those. But um, lots of biodiversity in the heart of cities, which is good but does create a massive maintenance issue. So that's the that's the positive list. I can see Liam budding to say something. Yeah, no, I was I just want to um, bring up uh, two things on that. Uh, well, the first thing, pigeons in London and major cities. <laughs> Everyone hates pigeons. They're everywhere. There's He's spikes in every city you go to. <laughs> How are you going to stop the pigeons? Like I'd sell it like birds. I I would not want birds nesting on my balcony in the trees i just wouldn't I, I like the sound of birds i love like it's it's good it's nature but like i'm like i don't really want a bird's nest outside my window i don't want pigeons either you you know right. for a fact you know for a fact if any of us came into money 
and were like, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to treat myself, get a cheeky, uh, cheeky apartment in a high rise in London. You know for a fact you'd end up with like a, a nest of pigeons like outside your door, <laughs> drive you mental, wouldn't it? How did you Yeah, you just know it. You know it. Yeah, right, right brilliant, yes. brilliant. So that's one for me. And then the, the second one would be, what about humidity with the plants on the buildings? Because is is that going to stop airflow, things like that? Because obviously it's going to cool the building down from the sun, but the humidity is the main reason. I personally use aircon. I can put up with like dry heat, but the humidity just, you know, you, I can't bear that. And it's, it's, yeah. So, how would they counter that with the trees in the buildings? I guess it depends on which climate you are in. So it's going to be very different if you're in Hong Kong versus Finland. Um, I don't, again, <laughs> classic. Liam's asked a question, I don't have an answer to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this this is this is nicely transitioning into the the challenges, right? So I've been through some of the mm. benefits, and yes, biodiversity is great, but you're going to get pigeons, squirrels, you know, I don't know wherever you may be in the world, raccoons, foxes, badgers, whatever it may be. Might you might find a badger, <laughs> raccoon, badger, hundreds <laughs> hundred stories up, scaled a building. Like, all right, mate, morning, sitting there in your little, <laughs> sitting there in your flower bed, your yeah. possums, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lemurs i don't know lemurs of madagascar aren't they yeah i don't know oh, dear, mate. it's a bit rogue for me <laughs> oh god i mean if you see a deer that's when you know that's where we've gone a bit too far <laughs> alpine deer uh right so that, that that's the benefit there are challenges to this um extra weight so imagine you've got extra weight of particularly if you've got bigger trees you've got soil you've got the weight of the trees you've got the water that goes in the soil all that extra weight often means a beefed up structure we talked about this in the video we're talking about bosca verticale um and that basically means more more engineering more material going into the structure which is more expensive and bigger deeper foundations to carry that extra weight which is more expensive also on the environmental stuff we're saying how great trees are for the environment and good for our cities if you're having to upgrade a structure and use more steel more concrete uh, that's not so good for the environment Another good example of where timber skyscrapers would come in quite nicely. Mm. There is fire safety engineering to consider. There are evacuation uh, strategies to consider. There is the waterproofing around soil containers and substrates to consider. Um, I know I've worked on projects with uh, green roofs or sedum roofs, and the work and energy that goes into making sure they do not leak into the building is is extremely important because that is a an operational nightmare basically if that starts to happen because trying to find where the leak's coming from is is next to impossible and as i said long-term maintenance so as compared as compared to an existing building you've got to trim the trees to make sure they don't get too big so they stay safe they can't blow off the building if they do catch fire they uh, aren't going to burn out of control they have to be well watered so they don't get too dry if they die you have to take them out straight away so they don't become a fire risk you've got bird droppings you've got pigeons you've got the need to water them uh, Bosco Verticale has these flying gardeners, these abseilers that go down the side of the building and maintain the trees. That is, that's a, well, it's a pretty cool job. It's a terrifying job, and also, you, know, that's that's a lot of work and money to maintain that building. Albeit, it does look good. So, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there are loads of benefits. There are loads of extra costs and challenges that haven't really been sorted out or addressed yet. And at the minute, there's this thing where you're doing all this might. It might be good for our cities. It might, you know, make a development look good, but it's not fully commercially viable. I imagine what these places mm. are doing is using the tree thing as a way to make their building more noteworthy and interesting and beautiful to then make it more commercially viable and successful. As I said earlier, the grey space for me is where people are putting trees on renders at design stage in order to make sure a project gets a good public uh, and commercial reaction in the media when it first gets announced. You know, it's really important for products when they first get announced that they get press coverage, the public like them, they get planning support, there is early commercial support, there's interest in the apartments or offices they want to sell. So sticking a render out covered in trees that looks very exciting, looks like great architecture, it softens the impact of the development, that's going to win over all those people. And there's a gap between having a very juicy render lots of saturation blue skies people having fun loads of trees and what gets built in reality i think that's where things get a bit interesting 
what would be better for the environment in like a from like a green perspective um you mentioned earlier like a timber building or a large timber building timber skyscraper or you know a shrubbery a shrubbery green skyscraper you know <laughs> realistically is i'm i'm thinking like the timbers a lot better right in terms of overall impact, yes. But yeah. uh, this is a Fred Mills answer again. In reality, we need a number of strategies across our cities in a number of different areas. We need we need good public transport systems. We need to remove the reliance on cars. We need uh, urban greening to help cool surfaces, improve air quality, improve mental health, reduce heat gains. And we need to dramatically cut down on our use of concrete and steel. So building things out of timber would be a very good idea. I recognise mm. there are issues with the timber supply chain. You can't build timber after 100 storeys just yet. Do we need 100-storey skyscrapers? Question mark. Yeah, there's all sorts of things we could do around this. But unfortunately, Luke, you can't just boil it down to a binary left or right question, I'm afraid, mate. I think it's you can, mate. <laughs> I think you can. I think that's a politician's answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Timber. <laughs> timber buildings. Timber buildings. Come on. I'd love to see a timber building. Why aren't they meant to be? And actually, you include it, you know, in this video, but there's, um, or it might have been one of the drafts, but I think it's the final as well. But like um, the timber proposed skyscraper near St. Paul's in London. Yep. Is that briefly, is it just me or am I thinking of a, di- um, do you know what? I think I'm thinking of a different development, but how feasible do you, how, how feasible do you think something like that is? It's completely you know, feasible. We've, we've, London. we've done videos on this. We've proven that, uh, timber skyscrapers can be constructed. The engineering is there. The, uh, fire engineering is there. The sustainability argument is there. Um, the supply chain's been hit at the minute with with some of the stuff around you know the pandemic and the price of timber. But I think if if that bit gets yeah. addressed, then 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 we're up against the the deep seated cultural preference that the world has for concrete and steel. I mean, we spoken about it before, but a lot of it is to do with the fact that building regulations and the risk that's required and how insurance companies insure buildings is all largely predicated on concrete and steel. We know where we are with that. It's reliable. It's safe. And the, mm. the you know, chance of moving to timber is like, oh, it's, it's unknown. It's risky. It's going to put your insurance premium up. It raises lots of questions. And yeah, that's, that's where the barriers are. I mean, the screeching obvious counter to that is that we're killing the planet and we need to build more sustainably. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Well, with, go on, Liam. No. I was, was going to say, so with the trees on the buildings um, topic, Fred, are you inclining that it's more of a marketing ploy? I think when you get a finished building with trees on, that's, that's fantastic. It's really good. Yeah. There are maintenance costs and stuff that go with that that people need to think about but i think it's a good thing i do think it's a marketing ploy when you get these renders that are covered in trees and then Mm. the developments end up looking unlike that and they put it down to things like oh it's the seasonal planting oh we planted some stuff but it died oh we're reviewing the planting strategy and was rubbish but yeah i do i think there's there's a culture where people put trees on renders to make them look good and they do not bear reality at the end of the day the slideshows we did in this video of the number of developments that have got trees in them, it was unending. We put together this folder of images that that had of renders that had trees on, and the the, the, the editors had too much material. It just went on and on and on and on. Almost every building. Look down the B one M's Instagram. Almost every building announced the last two, three, yeah, four, five years has got trees on. Crazy. Fred, the other week we were in uh, on our little mandate on the top of the Novotel in uh, Canary Wharf in London. We were looking down at there's these twin there's these twin skyscrapers, Wardian, the Wardian yeah. complex, the Wardian Towers, uh, which are pretty snazzy actually. I really really like them, but they were designed to have a lot of shrubbery on each um, uh, balcony. On each floor. I mean, and the tower's just covered in every, every floor is a huge balcony, isn't it? That's kind of the aesthetic of of, of the building. Um, and when we, we were looking at it, like, I, I swear, like 80% of them had this, like, naff fake grass just dumped 
dumped on it and they had like a chair and you're like no but that that's not what was in the render and stuff like that really really bugs me i think it's fortunate that the towers look good anyway but oh it drives me up the wall when it was clearly in the render and clearly in the proposal that there would be a shrubbery and that it would be a little bit more pleasant to look at for the public and it's just not that at all so hopefully some change uh happens toward this in the future you know because i think it does need to change because it's it's so obvious it's a marketing marketing scheme Sadly. Yeah, as I should, I should say, like I don't mind, I don't mind it if that's what the finished building ends up looking like. And a lot of architects uh, are doing this and delivering finished buildings that come out looking fantastic. I haven't got a problem mm. with that at all. It's this culture of sticking trees on stuff to soften the impact at the stage where you're trying to get the public on board, you're trying to get commercial support in, you're trying to get the media on board. Yeah, that's where I think mm-hmm. it needs to be rightly challenged and talked about. And it's a difficult thing for us to do. You know, we are a, we are a construction and architecture channel. So for us to stand up and say something about this issue, including images and renders from lots of architects, lots of designers, lots of construction firms, is not an easy thing for us to do. But I think it's an important conversation to have, and it's the right conversation to have. It's something that needs to be noted and understood. Let us know what you think about this, guys. Uh, has it has it got you on? Has it got you interested? Would you be interested in living in a tree covered building? Are you uh, impressed with our little branch out into this subject area? That was terrible. I just wanted to get it in there somehow. Uh, or do you think we, the architectural world, should turn over a new leaf? There you go. Nice. Oh. <laughs> uh, here I am laughing at my own jokes. Let us know what you think, guys. Get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, we are heading over to Dubai, where a new 93-kilometer covered cycleway has been imagined for the city. I should stress, this is not a legitimate project that's actually going to happen. It's a concept that's been put forward by Urban Planning, who are a uh, urban planning architecture studio, uh, and they've been looking at how Dubai could become a more pedestrianized city, how it could become more like a 15-minute city. And what they've put together is this enclosed cycleway as i said that runs for 93 kilometers in a loop around dubai it's kind of like the high line uh, and it's basically designed to help encourage the city's residents out of their cars so i know you guys can't see this because we're on an audio medium but it's this kind of diamond looking sort of multifaceted glass tunnel it's very very space age it's elevated off the ground and inside you've got trees on buildings you've got bikes you've got lovely walkways it looks lovely and idyllic solar controlled glass um similar to the high line in new york as i said uh, and herb who are the architecture studio urban planning believe that the loop as it's called the dubai loop could become a model for other cities to consider how to retrofit better pedestrian and cycling infrastructure should stress again this is not a product that's actually going to happen it's an idea that's been put forward to generate debates and goodness me has it generated some debate we've got some comments to read out in a minute but first of all Liam and Luke, what's the verdict? I think um, I think it looks really cool, mate. I think it looks really, really cool. And I think the idea is a really, really good idea. Um, but I think, on the other hand, the caveat to all of that, I mean, these renders, man. Guy, guy, again, like Fred said, I know it's audio, so go on Instagram and look at this on tomorrow's build. But um, it, it looks sensational. The caveat to it all is that, it's kind of it's highlighting the main problem with Dubai, and that is they have to build a tunnel just to create a cycle path. They have to build this huge structure that goes around the whole city just to encourage people to walk and cycle because you can't walk anywhere and you can't cycle anywhere because it's so car dependent and because it's so hot for half half the year. You can't go. You can't really go do much stuff outside because it's so hot. And I don't know. I I just think it's like yeah. It's the intentions are good, but the fact that you kind of just have to build this is kind of absurd. And to say that it's like an inspiration for other cities around the world, I think is a bit of a mick take because this is basically a, a a pimp my ride version of what they've already done in places like Copenhagen. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. 
I don't know. Don't you think my rides are an old reference, isn't it? <laughs> Bring yeah. my TV in the noughties. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't you think it's a good idea, though, Luke? I do, in, it, essentially, I do actually think it's really impressive, and I do think it's a really good idea. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of split on it. I don't think it's, like, r- stupid. It's not like the other... What's the stupid thing they proposed in Dubai? That was that like elevated ring, the ring. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like what is that? So this is very well intentioned. But what would you think, Liam? Like, because it looks ace, doesn't it? It looks really. I cool. think it looks cool, man. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It, it looks like it's like everyone's saying in the comments. It looks like something on Mars. Um, I think Dubai, man. Yeah. Why not? You know what? Like Dubai. <laughs> why not? Just go on. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, whatever they build, I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like, why not? I mean, they're, they're an expanding city. Like, yeah, you know, they, they want to get people outside, more people walking and more of an attraction, I suppose, for like locals and things like that. My brother lived there and he, he had the same problem with you as you. He was for half the year. He's just like, man, it's like over 40 degrees. We don't leave the house unless we leave the house. But everywhere we go is aircon. You hardly spend time outside. So I can imagine some some of the locals would would like this right um yeah it looks cool yeah i like Liam's the mars thing has definitely come up a lot in the comments i think and it's interesting because it people saying like it does it has it has to be mars like because the external environment is so ridiculously inhospitable in the summer that you, you know human life wouldn't survive so yeah. it's got to be it's got to be inside in this glass cocoon. I also like, I think we should observe this with the renders as with any dubai render any development that comes up in dubai They've got the Burj Khalifa in the background, somehow silhouetted or faintly in the background to be like, hey, yeah, it's Dubai. Let's make it eye-catching. Let's get your attention with the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> Just classic, classic. Um, lots of comments on this. People saying, uh, well, Sam, one of our biggest supporters, Sam, saying this looks like one of those marsh, one of those old Mars buildings renders. Nothing but sand for days, cocooned to a sterile... Oh, hang on. Let me read it again. This has gone wrong. One of my biggest supporters, Sam, saying this looks like one of those old Mars building renders, nothing but sand for days, cocooned to a sterile cocoon with a few plants dotted around. Cynicism aside, getting people moving around Dubai on bicycles or walking is much better than the car-centric method they currently use. Here, here, Sam. Mm. Completely agree with that. Um, a few other people saying, like, you know, what what is this about? It looks too ambitious. Uh, another guy, David, saying, as the environment becomes more inhospitable, cities will need to be housed in these kinds of structures so plants can be grown to keep us fed using hyponic uh, irrigation. The panels could be shading plus PV panels or something more advanced. So, yeah, interesting interesting mm. feedback from the old audience. Mm. It looks a little bit like something that's in Singapore as well. You know? It does. Does good conversation star, I think, and and if, if anywhere needs to get a bit more pedestrianised, a bit more has a bit more sustainable travel, it's probably Dubai, uh, mm. closely followed by LA. I would say, don't let, don't let those guys off the hook. <laughs> Definitely, LA needs to have a look at this as well. <laughs> uh, another hot car centric city. Now, swinging it over uh, to Tokyo, another very large large city. Uh, there have been some new details emerged of a new school being built in the Azabudi Hills district. We've talked about a lot on this podcast. This is the Toronoman Azabudi district, which you may have heard of, now called the Azabudi Hills district, home to that massive new skyscraper, which I think is was originally called the Main Tower, um, rising as part of that, which we spoke about a few weeks ago. This is Thomas Heatherwick designed. It's called the British School in Tokyo, which is um, original. Very nice looking renders. This is classic Heatherwick. You've got some beautiful uh, curved brickwork going on here. There are trees on buildings. Heads up, just so you know. Um, but I like I like where this design's coming from. So they had this inner city site. There's lots of congestion. There's not a lot of space, and they've worked to create these outdoor learning spaces for kids by having stepped overlapping terraces between the classrooms on every level. There is lots of greenery. I know we had a big old debate about that on this podcast, but for an inner city school, I think that's a really good thing. It's going to feature sports facilities, libraries, music studios, a STEM center, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. And it's going to open in August, uh, able to welcome up to 800 students. So I like this. I think this is pretty classic Heatherwick. Hasn't set the world on fire, but I think it's a really solid building. Do you guys concur? I do, yeah. I think for a school, it's it's a great design. Like you said, plenty of trees. It looks looks very relaxing. If that makes sense, like just looking at it, mm. it just it looks very calming. Mm. Um, yeah, thumbs up for me. 
What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I uh, I really really like it. Particularly, um, I think it's the the backside of the building. Uh, it looks really really good with kind of like the different terraces sticking out. I think this is. I think it's gorgeous. I don't think it's like designed to stand out and you know set the world on fire per se. But it's um, yeah, I really 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 like it. But I do want to say, Fred, I'm I'm pretty sure. Is it Azabudai or Azabudi? <laughs> I think it's probably Azabudai. I've, people have been saying to me it's Azabudi, but it's probably Azabudai. So apologies if I got that wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we got some angry people message us, email us in, like with Fred's pronunciations every oh now and then. <laughs> but we're all right oh with dear. those. We're all right with those. Some nice <clears throat> comments on this. People are saying this is quite possibly one of the coolest schools ever. Sam again saying the first image evokes falling water by Frank Lloyd Wright. I think that's very true. It really does look like that. Uh, Hugo saying he loves the 80s revival. Um, lots of lots of the fire emoji, as always. Lots of emojis yeah. coming in. So, yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong with a bit of Heatherwick, can you, really? He does love He does nail it. it. Yeah. Love a bit of Heatherwick. Most of the time. Mm. Uh, we're now swinging over to Taiwan, where in Taipei, a new 180-metre skyscraper has been announced. It's currently under construction. This is designed by uh, RSHP Architects, which is Richard Rogers' uh, practice, the late Richard Rogers' practice. Uh, really like this. This is the new Four Seasons Hotel. It's being built opposite the famous Taipei 101 skyscraper, once the tallest building in the world. It's going to feature 260 rooms. You've got floor-to-ceiling glass windows that maximise city views. There's a gym. Well, hey, we like that. Definitely definitely good to have a good old hotel gym. We all know how good hotel gyms are, don't we? Um, 31 storeys tall. It's going to be very sustainable. It's got the Taiwan green building rating, gold level, and it's going for a minimum of uh, lead silver. I have to say, again, run on audio medium, but this looks classic rogers uh and classic classic hallmarks of that practice you've got the constructor exposed you've got a very nice looking design i'm a big fan of this not really that many trees either which looks pretty genuine so yeah i'm in what's the thing on the top i believe that is a solar panel system but this is again this is classic richard rogers right so it looks like a piece of the structures opened up and lifted up you've got the structure exposed you can follow how this building is built and put together yeah i love it I love that. Mm. What do you think of it, though, Liam? Do you like the thing on top? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the thing on top. I think yeah. it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. I, it, it looks like me a part too. of the building. Yeah, it, it genuinely, yeah. if you look, it does look like it's just opened up. So the top yeah. sort of um, pulls away from it. Yeah, I think it looks nice. Yeah, you you can tell this is like this looks like the cousin almost of the cheese grater in London, you know, uh, which yes, is obviously mate. the same designer, and yep. and uh, even like with the where the lifts are right on the side of the building or yep. elevators, it's the it's like the exact same as what's at the back of the cheese grater in in London. So I I really really like this, and one thing I think about um, Richard Rogers buildings is that they always look good when they're finished. Yeah, not a lot of practices can actually say that, but the finish of a lot of Rogers buildings are absolutely outstanding. And I think the cheese graters a testament to that, or whatever it, it is, one, two, it two. Shows, yeah, it shows the enduring nature of his legacy because there is mm. this real this real recognizable identity to their work now. You know, this this looks like it comes from the same family as the Pompidou Centre, the Lloyds Building, the Leadenhall skyscraper, all Richard Rogers designed buildings because you have that signature style of making the bringing the structure out to the surface, making it navigable, making it readable. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this. It's not again, it's not the most notable building in the world, but I think it's really solid. Really, really like this. Uh, and yeah, good to see some stuff from Taiwan and Taipei on the on the podcast. That's good to good to get it up there. Uh, now, finally, guys, on on our tree covered buildings episode, we're ending with a tree covered <laughs> building that's been announced uh, in the Netherlands. Now, this is designed by Stefano Boeri, right? These are the people behind Bosco Verticale. They're the people behind some of the best tree covered architecture in the world. Stefano Boeri is a big advocate for the vertical forest system and for urban greening, and they do do it and execute it extremely well. So. 
going to caveat all of this with that because these guys know what mm. they're doing. This is 105 meters tall. It's going to be tree covered, as I said. It's called Wonderwoods. You know, we've we've called out names in recent weeks and said that they should have better, you know, better, better names for all sorts of buildings and infrastructure. So this one's gone with Wonderwoods. Um, let us know what you think of that on the old uh, on the old emails. 200 apartments. <laughs> it's going to have 10,000 plants from 30 different species across its levels. Uh, yeah, I I like this. I do think it will look this good when it's finished. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I, I like it too. Where, when's the completion date? Sorry, I might have missed that in the caption. It's not confirmed, mate. I don't have Ooh. a completion date. Another Ooh. question you've asked me that I don't have the answer to. So. Liam loves yeah, it. I've, it, got, I've got a list of Liam them. Liam loves them. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I agree with everything you said, Fred. I think it looks really cool. Um, they've done it before, so, you know, why should you not think they're going to do it again? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd echo that. I th- I think this looks absolutely outstanding, and even in the um, even in the renders, the attention to detail is really, really good. Right, like the use of material is very good. Um, even like the different greenery that is actually being used, you know, a lot of it is similar to what's been used in Bosco Verticale, and and I think it just. I, it's it's ranged. It's it's varied. It it just looks it looks special. I think. And there's some tremendous architecture like this um, in in the Netherlands. Anyway, um, I love some of the architecture over there. Some of my some of my favourite actually. So, mate, I'm I'm excited by this, and I love that like, the mid century kind of nod that I think it has has a very mid century vibe to it. Um, outstanding, mate absolutely outstanding i think just looking at all of the proposals that we've we've kind of talked about this week they've all looked amazing like like just visually they look outstanding so it's a good episode mate one to put in the uh put in the old books mate yeah not nothing will ever top the uh the prince albert episode but as we know but this is this is going to be a close second um alex just for balance for balance on this piece because I, I agree with luke and his feedback's been glowing but on on for balance alex in the comments has said hopefully mm. it comes with great pest repellent <laughs> mm. acknowledging the volume of trees on the building so so there you go uh now we're going to slide over to our dms how's it been it must have been a busy oh. old week for you luke yeah making up stuff it it's getting, a, it, it's getting a bit absurd, mate. Yeah, it's getting a bit absurd how many emails. We can't keep up. We can't keep up. But we'll start with... Now, I th- I'm going to try and pronounce this um, as best as I can, but apologies if I get it wrong. Let us know. Let us know if I do get it wrong. Uh, and Tazi Nyambili sent us an email all the way from Zambia. And he says, hey, this is Antazi from Zambia. Greatly enjoyed the podcast. And episode uh, 32 was just comedic. The nudist beach story is now a classic. Thank you for the construction fun and enjoyable to listen to. Looking forward to more content. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that a nice email? Short, sweet, straight to the point. We love it. Um, There you go, Liam. Maybe a sign for more. More stories, mate. More beach content. Yep. I'll be back down there next weekend for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. And then, um, so we, we, we also got an email from, um, Jeremy Andrews, um, who was, who wanted to let Fred know about his missing bag. <laughs> he wanted oh, has to he found Fred- it. Has he found yeah, it? I think so. I think he's found it. Well, he wanted to give you some advice. So uh, Jeremy's emailing in from Montreal, Canada, and he says, um, Fred, about your lost bag. A number of years ago, I took a trip to see friends and my bag went on the conveyor and promptly got lost in the system. It never made it to the aircraft. So I had to buy all new clothes for when I hit the other end. They did not find my bag before I made my trip back home incidentally they found my bag laying on the floor at the base of the baggage handling conveyor system stack the bag had fallen off the track and into the nothingness that is the baggage stack 
the airline is not disposed to checking all the blind spots in their systems. But I tell you this, in case you speak to someone at the airport and ask them to specifically check the conveyor stack to see if your bag is laying out of sight and mind, just waiting to be found by some fluke that someone decided to look there just for giggles. Um, <clears throat> there you go, mate. Bit of advice. <laughs> someone at Heathrow has just got like here's an access all areas pass knock yourself <laughs> yeah. out just go, you can go and find your bag and I'll just go into all the areas have a good old look have a good old dig around they're probably yeah. not they're probably not a huge fan of that idea I understand why airport security is quite a big deal but um, I just want a bag back thanks for the advice I'll go and have a look down the old uh, well I'll ask someone to have a look down the conveyor belt stack where it was <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how this week's emails have nothing to do with construction. <laughs> What's <laughs> about the new Disney story? And the others about Fred's Fred's rants about his bag that Finnair lost. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we're making an impact, lads. I'm glad we're making a difference in the industry. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Any more you want to read out, Luke, or are we going to save some for oh, future Luke, weeks? we got to save some, mate. we got to save some, yeah. I've We're always updated, been... aren't we? There's loads coming in. There's loads coming in, mate. But we'll, we'll spread them out, and if we've not read yours out, we'll read them out soon. But get them, yeah. to send a, keep sending them in, because we always get a giggle when we read them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, guys. We want, your, we want your reviews, five-star reviews. Click that five-star button. Send us a review as well. We're always much appreciated. Uh, and don't forget, if this podcast gets to number one in the US charts, the three of us are going to get Prince Albert piercings live on YouTube. So um, <laughs> make sure you promote that. Guys, don't worry. It's not going to happen. It's not. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. We're not the ones talking about it, mate. You keep bringing <laughs> you, You're yeah. the one who keeps bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> We're good boys. We're being good boys. Moving on, guys. Let us know what you thought about tree-covered buildings. This is a really interesting debate that's that's basically everywhere, right in front of our eyes in construction right now. Let us know what you thought about all the fantastic products we talked about this week as well. Uh, I've really enjoyed this episode. This has been a good laugh. You guys had a good time? Yeah, mate. It's been wonderful. Yeah, it has been wonderful. Yeah. One of my favourites, maybe. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Liam's done. Liam's done. We're not getting, we're not getting anything out of Liam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to see you next week. <laughs> Someone said to me, what? Your name's actually Fred. Fred's dog. Fred's like a dog name, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well. Are you I'm, joking? I'm Are you joking? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a dog's name, isn't it? I'm like, it's a dog's name. <laughs>